I put so much money on the in-season tournament. I'm really hoping that uh, <laughs> the Washington Wizards come out on top. You just sound like a degenerate <laughs> gambler. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing you're allowed to do when you watch TV. The only vice you're allowed to have now, because like Ozempic makes you not want to eat. So, <laughs> you know who should go on Ozempic? Zion Williamson. Nah, man. Nah, nah. No, Zion went to. Uh, he went to high school at the school that I went to elementary school at. What? Uh, Say what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Okay, so I went to elementary school in Spartanburg, South Carolina at a place called Spartanburg Day School. Um, and it, so, you know, this happens. 20 years pass. I'm one day watching a Drake feature or a trouble featuring Drake video, and I see that Drake is wearing a Spartanburg day school basketball Jersey. And I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck? And then I Google it. And some guy named Zion Williamson is like their star player and is like the number one recruit of the class. And yeah, that's how I found out about Zion Williamson is a, music video where Drake wore the basketball jersey of my elementary school. Sounds like that's how you found out you went to elementary school in a high school. (laughs) Yeah, that's still my big takeaway from that. It was like a school where it was like an elementary school and then a middle school and then a high school. Um, Oh, just like a one-stop shop. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was there, it was a super like rinky-dink cheapo private school. Um, But at some point they clearly uh, started getting enough money to start like, you know, bribing people to, or like, however you get a Zion Williamson to attend your school. I think you just recruit, man. You just recruit, you go to them AAU tournaments, all, all the really free donuts. In high school. Yeah. Free donuts and free kicks. He's there. <laughs> um, welcome to Nersey, the number one podcast about how to get athletes payola it up um <laughs> we, we are very lucky to be joined by jimmy prime and it's uh slava p i'm drew i'm Troy. the music by craig s jenkins and we're joined by our producer steel tip dove hello um I'm really excited because this is like a real podcast now. We have like sick guests. We have a, a big time producer. And we're about to ask you the dumbest fucking questions you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nursey responsibility era, baby. Um, first question, Jimmy. You invented the six. And a lot of people are probably wondering this. But why do you have two Larry O'Brien face tattoos? Well, I, uh, why do you think? Why do you guys think I had two of them? Because obviously, we only have one championship in the city. You know, it's not really to do with that, right? But you already it's had it before that, right? Yeah, exactly. Really, it's just a metaphorical thing for me. For me, it's like a championship mentality, you know. But like, I'm not in the NBA, but I, I take it into my life type shit, you know. And when I feel like I accomplish milestones, then I go and I get one, you know. Hmm. So what were the milestones that led to the trophies? Um, I think uh, 
I think the first one I was just doing so good with the music thing. I felt like I like, you know, cause I told all my friends before I, before anyone knew I was an artist, they all thought it was a far fetched thing, you know? And then I was telling everyone I'm, like, I'm about to be a big artist. And, you know, a lot of people didn't believe me. And then, you know, once I became like world renowned and shit like that, that's when I felt like I accomplished my goal with it. Right. And then, um, my second one was more like uh, on a personal level, like, you know, just becoming like a good father and stuff like that. And kind of like the man I wanted to be, you know, cause one thing to take care of yourself, it's another thing to take care of like your kids and shit like that, you know? What would but, have to happen for you to get a third one? Well, I have more goals, man. I have more things I'm working on, you know, but some of my goals I don't like to speak on before I, uh, I know people think you should manifest yourself, but I do that in my own personal life. The people around me, I tell them what I'm doing, but I don't like to always say it to the public, you know, but I am working on, a few things, you know, um, I have a, I have a book that I'm working on and shit like that. I have an app I'm working on. Like, I'm just, uh, mm. I'm, I'm just a creative guy, man. I'm always working on something, you know, but a lot of shit is like that, man. People think like the music shit is oh, like some get rich thing. It's like, I invested a lot more money into music than I ever made out of it, but I had no regrets, you know? Really? I mean, I don't know, probably like the whole lifestyle and everything like that, everything that goes with being a rapper and shit, like, yeah, definitely. Like, you got to think about like the clothes and like, like cars and like all this other shit that comes with being a rapper and then like all this studio time. And then when you go to shoot videos and, you know, you got to pay a million people and shit like that over the years, it definitely adds up, it definitely adds up. Can you do like any kind of creative accounting with that kind of stuff? It's like, yeah, you tell the tax people, like, nah, man, I needed this chain. It's a job expense. Are you technically, like, retired from uh, rap? I would say so. Today I was listening to a bunch of my music, and I was like, shit, I'm pretty good with the music thing. Like, you know, I probably would make more music and stuff like that. It's always been a passion of mine. But it's just like I said, like, all the money invested into the to the rap game and stuff, it's a lot. And, like, I just have other things going on and stuff like that. It's just like, I don't know. And, and I just don't feel too pressed to rap, too, like. Like I said, when it comes to like the music thing, I already accomplished. Like all, all I ever said to people is like, Yo, I'm gonna be a big artist that you know one day. And it's like everywhere I go, people recognize me and shit, right? So I'm not really tripping about, you know, trying to get some fame or something like that. You know, it's like I feel like I'm I'm already good as far as that goes. But like, yeah, I'll rap I'll rap for fun and stuff, you know? Well, it's interesting to hear you say that you've you've probably spent more money than you've made because you're probably in like the top ten percent of musicians in terms of earnings power uh, over your lifetime because you were featured on a Drake album. Not a lot of people can say that now and forever. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. You uh, got a writing credit on that, right? Yeah, and, and um, yeah, that money comes in every now and then. And stuff is it's cool. It's not it's it's not like life changing money, but it's cool when it comes in. Like you know, when you see the check come in every year, it's cool. I mean, the streaming money, I feel like is always like, I am surprised to hear that streaming money is not that great on when you're working on, you know, a project like a Drake album. Um, but I've definitely had friends who have had like extremely viral songs who then get their like Spotify residuals a year later. And it's like, surprise, you got 20 bucks this month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. With the streams, it's crazy. Like uh, me personally, like yeah, I never really looked at like um, like even when I was younger. Yeah, there was times where I thought I was gonna make all this money off of off of rap, but reality kind of sets in quick. Where it's like, oh, it doesn't really make that much money. Like yeah, the streams and shit like that. I don't I don't even pay attention to how they do the payouts, but it's not good. It's not good. It's not nothing you could really like unless you're doing like crazy crazy numbers. It's not really anything like you know 
that I really pay attention to. It's like a few, a few thousand here, a few thousand there. But yeah, like that's not really like, you know, that's not really enough to pay your bills and shit like that. Right. It's like head kind of above water money. It's not yeah, walking on water money. Yeah. 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 Like I would just say like, especially for young people and shit, like, like it's expensive, um, to be an artist. So it's like either like the person who you're working with, like recording with and shit, try to make some type of deal with them where you're not always paying for studio time where like, I know people will do that. Right. Where it's like the engineer will kind of be a part of everything, which I'm sure Joe could speak to. Right. It's like, it's, it's, it's expensive for a young 20 something year old artist. Like if you're 20 years old and you're trying to be an artist, it's hard for you to afford the studio time that it needs that you would need to be a good artist, you know? So you got to figure out some sort of deal with the studio you're working with for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I work on a sliding scale with independent artists. Like, you know, I have certain rates if an artist has a label, like a, a small indie or a big indie. But for independent artists, I just work with whatever they can afford for people I want to work with, you know? Yeah, I've always been independent. I've always been independent. How was that E1 situation different? Like When I, when we did the Prime Boys thing, we did that through E1, and that was a different experience. But even then, we were more or less independent because that was just distribution, really. It was just different in a sense that, like, you go and do little meetings and shit, and they put a budget behind you, and they recruit the money after. And then after that, you start splitting the money with them type shit. You know, it's all in the paperwork type shit. But I mean, yeah, like the real difference as far as the work goes is just like, yeah, they put money behind you instead of you having to come up with money for you to do everything on your own. And I guess it made the videos a little better, you know? You put a little more into it, I guess, right? I mean, I just had a book uh, come out earlier this year, and my book deal was like very, very similar to a record deal in that same way but instead of like you know the advance for a record deal is to like pay for studio time uh fund videos shit like that it was just like here you don't have to you can work half time for like a year while you write this uh but what i found is like i'm i'm probably not gonna recoup on my book like the book is selling pretty well but it's the way they structure it is like you gotta be the next fucking jk rowling to recoup on your shit for your first book. But instead I've found that like having this book come out, like opened up a shitload of other opportunities. And like, so like to the extent that I have made money off the book, it's like through all of this, like secondary shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel you with that. That's the same thing with rap. It's all just, it's all just hustling. Like, you know, it all just goes hand in hand. Like, it's a lot more than just making music, you know? Right, so it's like touring, merch, I guess, like, the ideas you said you have, like, the app and all, like, what other ways do, like, young artists need to be thinking of to make money? I would say with young artists, it's nothing wrong with just being regular, like, whatever. Whatever way you would regularly live your life, like, because as I said, a lot of this stuff for me is, as far as being the artist, is more so in the past, right? But, like, you got to try to get at how you live, right? And so whatever you're doing is fine it doesn't matter whatever you got to do to survive and then that's just a part of your story and then you just you know just be authentic with your story and you know tell you and your friend's story and i think that's what it's all about really and just you know the lifestyle you're living is really what you're selling you know like when it comes to rap especially these days like you know it's like it's really the lifestyle more than anything would you say it might be a good idea for a young artist to be like all right uh 
my lifestyle that I'm going to sell is like complete fucking dirtbag because it's probably yeah. cheaper. Yeah, like an M&M. If you look at M&M, that's how we yeah. always came up right and it's just like that's what people don't realize it's like everyone trying to do one thing makes that one thing really hard like it's only a few people are going to stand out with it right so just be yourself whatever is you like you know look at like eminem look at post malone like you know it's a whole different lane but these guys are doing it the dirtiest motherfuckers yeah i feel like danny Danny brown was in that lane too you remember danny brown when he had them songs back in the day those those real dirtbag songs yeah (laughs) he's still making more or less the same music now yeah, yeah. And then you got like I don't want to say action Bronson is a dirt bag, but you know what I mean? He kinda is like on that different lane where it's like I, I wouldn't call it a dirt bag, but he's not trying to be the clean most clean cut guy around. You know? <laughs> he's he's the most like Albanian New Yorker you've ever seen, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He's a guy who carries himself a certain way, but he he has like the biggest Versace silk shirt you ever seen on. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't really fuck with TikTok. Trey, didn't you once get paid to make a TikTok for like uh, a company whose name I won't mention? Uh, okay, so I think we can we can just be straight up here. The company was Cash Money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. hey, I don't want to uh, get involved, man. That guy Birdman's not gonna pay. You. <laughs> no, no, no. I, nah, uh, he's joking. It wasn't Cash yeah. Money. <laughs> Oh, no, no, it's all good. No, I'm just joking around, too. I'm just saying, like, I hear these jokes, like, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not involved. It was it's between you and them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should probably watch more TikToks because that would make me better at making them. And then I could get people to give me money for it. But at the same time, I don't know if that's money I want. You know what would be good at TikTok, speaking of which? Birdman. Mm-hmm. Like, a Birdman TikTok would be amazing. Someone has yeah. to put a phone in his face at all times. Like, you know how they did Martin Scorsese? Like, Martin Scorsese's niece started, like, taking TikToks of him being all serious to the dog. <laughs> really? I did not know about this, but I'm Oh, you haven't seen up. that? No. <laughs> oh, it's, like, amazing content. But they should do something similar where Birdman's niece talks to him and makes him do, like, a skit. I just want to see the gold turlet, personally. The what? Gold what? The, the gold turlet. Gold turlet chandeliers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thank don't you know. for thank you for backing me up on that tray. Yeah, it's pretty famously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I think that if I had if I had enough money where I could comfortably buy a gold toilet, I absolutely would. Dude, that's got to be a motherfucker to try to clean, though. You can't just put Lysol on that. No, I would. I, I definitely would not let no one else shit in my gold toilet. That's strictly for me. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you have guests over and you look at the state that they left your gold toilet in. <laughs> I'd rather one of those. Y'all ever use one of those Japanese toilets? Like a bidet? It's got the bidet built in. It's got like the heated toilet seats on it. Different water no. pressures. No, that sounds good though. Yeah, yeah. it's highly recommend. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. My yeah one think of about those. how often you spend shitting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would buy one of those for the crib over the um the gold toilet. The the gold toilet's just a little like 
like I said, I, no, I wouldn't n- let no one use my gold toilet. Like it's more personal if you use my toilet that talks to you. You know, that almost feels like my toilet is cheating on me with you. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point too. I can't argue with that one. Which one costs more though? I feel like a, how much does a gold toilet, a gold plated toilet cost? Hold on, I'm gonna look no, no, no. If I don't, not plated, solid. Yeah. I need a toilet that's worth its weight in gold because it is gold. Okay, let's, let's first do how heavy is a toilet? Okay, 70 pounds. 70 pounds of gold. In the first Alaska. result is that most toilets are not actually made of gold. They're gold-plated ceramic, and it's only about two grand. If you wanted to get an actual gold toilet, you're looking at 30 grand and up. Uh, I'm seeing a, a 70 pound gold toilet would cost 1.6 million dollars. But then you need you, you need labor yeah, to like make the toilet. Yeah, none of those oh, guys yeah, that that's have a gold toilet actually have a gold toilet. No one's spending that on their toilet. I mean, maybe they should. Like, <laughs> did the Enron dude have a gold toilet? Probably, but it was probably like Trump style gold, where it was also like yeah, gold plated. It's more oh, gold than I got on my toilet. Or so Google Google is crediting one to the Prime Minister Churchill uh, that was worth around $6 million. Okay. That's honestly probably real gold. Yeah, I'm not going to research any more on this. <laughs> Winston Churchill was a big boy. Cheryl, wait. What position would he be playing in the NFL? It's 5'6", 250 pounds? Nice. He's oh, he's got a low center of gravity there, man. Yeah, he's O-line. <laughs> Yeah, like you want when you're doing the fucking uh, tush push, you want Churchill snapping the ball to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you guys just lose? No, we almost lost, but at the last possible second, uh, the Cowboys fucked up harder than we fucked up. Okay, congrats. The Cowboys fucked up. You don't say. Yep. Yep. Um. I mean, no, it was like I watched the last two minutes while standing outside a bar that was full of like drunk, angry Eagles fans. And uh, both teams like in the last two minutes forgot how to play football. Uh, But Dallas forgot even harder than Philly did. And in the end, they almost got a touchdown, but almost did not work. I know Stephen A. Smith is happy. He's never happy. Um, he hates the Cowboys. Anytime they lose, he's happy. I mean, no, he did. He did post a video to Twitter where he it was him laughing. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard anyone call it X in normal conversation? Like yeah. someone who's not on a technology podcast or something, just be no. like, "Oh, I saw something funny on X." No, sometimes when you're watching Premier League and the hosts come up and they give like people's handles, there's always one guy who just isn't on Instagram, and so they have to say and uh, Robbie on X. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird for sure. Whenever people are talking about it, they refer to it as Twitter. Like, yeah, yeah that that one was a waste of money for sure. Um, speaking of rebrands, how do you feel about the fact that everything? is something six like your nail salon it used to be called toronto nail salon now it's called six nails it's Uh, funny you bring that up man because i I was gonna ask you guys do you guys notice like a cultural shift that comes with all that stuff like you do remember i'm sure you all remember like t dot times right 
don't you feel like Toronto's grown so much since then? Like, like, what do you notice difference? Like the differences culturally, you know? Yeah, it's, we were actually talking about this like the other day, but Toronto's an interesting city because it's so international. People don't immediately associate it with that, at least down down like this way. And like just watching all this stuff happen in Toronto and it not really getting recognition like that, it's hard to like kind of gauge the change, you know, because I've only been a few times, but it's always been a very, very fun city. Like, ridiculously good-looking city, too. That's always taken me aback a bit. But, yeah, man. <coughs> Trying to figure out what Toronto is from the outside looking in has always been kind of a task. Yeah. Uh, I took the bus yesterday. So, I pretty much, like, ever since I got out of jail, I, my license expired while I was in there. So, I had to go through the entire process of getting, like, my learner's permit. And I just got my G2 yesterday, and I just bought a car today. But for the last year, I've been taking Brampton Transit. And I can tell you that the people on Brampton Transit feels like they didn't exist in TDOT, but they definitely exist in The Six, where they're talking like they're doing a TikTok skit all the time. Yeah. It's like people became more confident in the Toronto culture, like that it was cool, you know? It's like people used to be almost ashamed to be themselves with it, you know? But in a, in a way, it's almost bad because people take it too far now. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, what would you say is like, if you had to say that like the Toronto rap scene had a sound, what would you say that sound is? No, that's hard to say. That's hard to say. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. So it's hard to say really. I, I, I don't think it really has much of an identity. Like, a, like a, there's obviously faces to it and stuff, but I don't think that there's one sound that like unites everybody. I don't think there is one really. I don't even think there's like, like there's like a, a type of beat kind of thing. Cause like, see like in the, in like a New York scene or like a LA scene, like they'll have like certain types of beats are all going on. I don't even think like there, there's that going on in Toronto really. Like, or like the Bay, the Bay has a certain sound, right? Like, I don't think it's hard to say that there's a Toronto sound, right? But maybe it's just cause everyone's just so unique and creative, right? That could be a thing where we're just not trying to copy each other and shit, right? Yeah, I would say, like, we're not really big on sampling. I could say that. Like, we're more of, like, a underwater drums production type of thing. Some low-pass filter style type beats. Yeah, yeah. If there's anything that I would say is a Toronto sound, that would be it. But that's more like the mainstream Toronto sound. And then, obviously, like, the street sound would be different, right? But, yeah, the, that more, like, commercialized Toronto sound is kind of like that, right? It's insane how quick that street style got overtaken by those people from Brooklyn. Like kids from Brooklyn dominated that sound over the course of like six months. It feels like every song started sounding like it was made by, uh, I don't, I can't even name the, the, the rappers cause they keep coming in and out like some 15 year old from Brooklyn that Alphonse Pierre writes about. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is they didn't even know those dudes were British when they were getting the beats from them and stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah, like they, yeah, they would just like be on Reddit or whatever the hell, and like some guy making beats. They're like, "Yo, this is crazy. Send me some of this." And then they finally talk on the phone, and they're like, "Why do you sound like that?" (laughs) (laughs) This is the nerdy responsibility era. We do transitions here. Speaking of sports, Slava told me that you are now a boxer. Yeah, yeah, I I like to get in the ring. You have a record, though. How'd you get into that? Yeah, how'd that happen? Uh, 
Uh, I just got into it because I don't know, man. I always wanted to box, and I just figured I'll stop putting it off. Honestly, now that I got into it, I wish I got into it from young, man, because I, I look, I like it a lot. Having a lot of fun with it. What's your favorite part? My favorite part about it. Um, mm, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about it. Like, I for one, like doing it, it it's so easy to stay in shape just naturally from just doing like like doing what it takes to do it like you end up being in really good shape so that's like a huge benefit from it but probably like my favorite part about it it's just like i how happy i am when i'm in the ring like you know like when i'm sparring and stuff and just flowing and stuff and you know especially when you're boxing good and you know i'm blocking most shots and i'm, I'm hitting the guy good it's just a good feeling you know like i just uh, i love it especially winning a fight is the best feeling in the world you know what is your what is your record in the ring? Um, three and two right now, but you know, um, both the fights that I lost were by decision. Sometimes it's tough in boxing. You know, it's not it's not that I thought I got robbed or anything like that. My first fight was a very close fight. My last fight, I was kind of out of shape, so I didn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I I definitely let the kid out box me. But it's it's so weird in boxing. You know, sometimes like like for my last fight, for instance, like I was way stronger than the kid. It was like. It was frustrating because I was like, man, I know if this is a street fight, I'll, I'll fuck you up. But he's <laughs> he's moving around the ring. He's doing all this crafty shit where it's like, fuck, I got to give it to you. Like, I'm out of shape right now, you know? And, like, that's that's the type of shit that I like about boxing. It's like it shows so much more than just one thing about, like, you being strong or you being a strong puncher or anything like that. It's about being a good boxer, which is, like, there's a science to being a good boxer. Like, you know, there's a lot that goes with it. You got to be in shape to do a lot of the things that you got to do to be a good um, boxer and shit. So, you know, that's why I like it so much. And that's why I tips my, like, my hat off to when I see a great one. And now that I know what goes into it, it's like, yeah, you definitely appreciate it, you know? Do you think you could beat, uh, what, Logan Paul? Logan Paul and them? Yeah, like, I mean, they're big guys, right? Like, they're pretty much heavyweights. But um, a lot of the guys that they fight are smaller but um, I think, yeah, for sure, if I, if I had some time and I, and I put some weight back on especially, uh, so if I had some months to prepare to fight them, like, yeah, I think I could beat them. But um, right now they're pretty good. Like, I, like I'm only a year into it, right? They've been boxing for, like, mm. a few years. Like, you know, I think, like, give me another year or two and I'd probably be ready, like, you know? So it's like they're not the best boxers in the world, but they're not the worst, you know? Like, like I said, it's a science to it. Like, you know, you put three or four years in, you'll probably be better than the guy who's been putting a year or two in. You know, you put six months in, you're probably going to be better than the guy who just walks in the gym, you know? So it is what it is. Have your kids so, seen you fight? Yeah, yeah. My kids have seen, my, seen me fight. Yeah, for sure. My daughter, she sees me fight all the time, especially when I'm in the, in the gym, like, sparring and stuff. Like, she comes with me sometimes, you know? She's a part of the kids' classes and stuff. That's oh, it. that's cool. Uh, did y'all know Logan Paul is the current WWE US title holder? <laughs> really? What? Yeah, he beat Rey Mysterio last night. What? Not Rey Mysterio. That. How old is Rey Mysterio? That's a good question. Uh, he's got to be in his fifties. Yeah, I was never a big wrestling guy, so. Rey Mysterio is forty-eight. Yeah, from Chula Vista. Wow. <laughs> that is elder abuse. <laughs> yeah, that's so random. How, how did Rey Mysterio become the WWE champion that it got taken from him? Well, well, it's the U.S. champion. Yeah, this is there is an a, international WWE? I I don't know what the current um 
like breakaways the titles are, but it's yeah, WWE has different like title like tiers, I guess you would say. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the big main one, like the one. No, that, it's like, not. Daniel it's it's not like won. it's not world champion or anything like that. No. Okay, that's cool that wrestling has like you can just like invent titles and title belts and people can have them um i feel like that should happen in rap more um yeah i agree actually because if if jadakiss would have got a belt for how he fucked up um dipset in them that would have been yeah that would have been sick he's like the heavyweight champ right now off of that honestly ever since then i've been listening to so much (laughs) jadakiss Dude, I remember when that happened. It was, it was the fucking best. It was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so what would the rap like divisions be? Uh, mumble. <laughs> I think it could go like you do like heavyweight, different like weight classes and stuff, and like that would really determine like the tiers, you know? Because you got guys like, like how many years in? Yeah, yeah, kind of thing, or like what's kind of status you're trying to compete for? Really, like you know, like. If you want to compete for that heavyweight belt, you know, so you're putting yourself in that tier, you know, it's, it's tough with those guys. Or you could be like the welterweight champ or whatever, like, you know, you're still moving records, you're the top guy there, whatever, like, you know, it would just, it would just easily put it into rankings, all the different guys, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the young lyrical miracle guys should have to compete for like an MF Doom mask that's gold plated. <laughs> <laughs> You guys like that rap battle stuff? Um, like, like, uh, yeah, you know the rap battle scene. Like, you know, you guys into that? I feel like it's bigger in Toronto than it is. I mean, like, I live in Philly, and like, obviously, there's a lot of battle rap type stuff going on. Um, but like, in terms of like organized events, I feel like it's like really big in Toronto, like inordinately so, almost. Yeah, we do seem to have a lot of events, but a lot of the King of the Dot events don't even take place in Toronto anymore. But a lot of like the guys that become beloved are Canadians. Like Pat Say is the most recent one, the guy who uh, died about a year ago. The whole battle rap community came together for him, and he's from like Halifax, Nova Scotia. Jimmy, have you ever have you ever done like battle rapping at all? Only like a little bit, not really. Like when I was in high school, like in the um, I remember there used to be like this program, like they'd go like from like the different high schools and stuff like the sound van and they let the kids like freestyle battle but like it was really just guys just spitting different verses and like i used to go and try to spit verses and shit like that that's when i first started getting noticed as a rapper and like my my boy started saying like yo you're sick from then you know but um Mm. as i got older especially as i started getting paid to rap and shit like that i was like nah, i was definitely not battle rapping no more i feel like yeah once you're like your your records are like doing decently and shit like that like you kind of like over that kind of but then i seen jadakiss going go crazy and i kind of just changed my opinion about that but no i never really got too into that to be honest i will say this so i am kind of, i am from the generation where me personally like when i'm recording with people and stuff like yeah like i feel like that's kind of where i get that competitive spirit out like you know as far as rap goes where i'm always trying to be the best on a song type of thing you know if you competed in a versus, what song of yours are you closing with? I don't know. I'd have to go through my catalog and listen to it and see what sounds aggressive or something. I thought you were just doing that. Yeah, but like I wasn't doing it with that intent. I was just enjoying the music. 
<laughs> I feel like my music is more casual. Like I don't really make aggressive get at you type music. Like, you know, that's what's really good for those verses, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a different way to start. I feel like that would sync up perfectly with the whole boxing thing. If you just became like a really intense rapper. Yeah, that would be like, you know, like, like some DMX inspired shit for sure. No, not even bro. Like taken style. Like I'll do anything for my family raps. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like you just rap about like like uh, from the viewpoint of Liam Neeson. You know how uh, Jay Z well, who famously Gangster. likes black people. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. That was such a weird thing to admit in that interview, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Drew and Slaver, like we're not touching this one. Yeah, yeah no, we we don't we don't claim him. Um, I when I watched the first Star Wars prequel i like have ai edit his character out and it's just uh you know ewan mcgregor talking to himself <laughs> and jar jar being from time to time yeah yeah i have ai put jar jar's head and head on his body and speak in the jar jar voice so uh Which is kind of racist but yeah. no 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 ahmed best who's the guy who played jar jar uh he's like he's a super interesting guy he's had like I don't know. It kind of fucked his career up uh, to be Jar Jar. Um, and like it was also it was between him and Michael Jackson. What? Yes. That's not a rumor. Michael... No, this is like a confirmed thing. Um, like Michael Jackson could have been Jar Jar Biggs. <laughs> yeah. Where did those negotiations fall apart? Because. I think that well, I think they wanted him because the Jar Jar character is like really physical and have, requires like acrobatics. And Michael Jackson obviously was a great dancer. And then, uh, but I guess he couldn't do it because he had too much shit going on. And so they got Ahmed Best. And yeah, the He's, idea of like Jar Jar being just being like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like all that kind of shit would have been. I mean, I feel like that would be. I feel like that would have been like kind of sick, honestly. Um, and having Michael Jackson play him, that would have. It was already a cultural event. Like, it's not insane. Um. Oh, George Lucas vetoed this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, George Lucas denied Jackson polarizing role because the singer wanted to do it in prosthetics and makeup, like Thriller. One of, okay. one of them, they describe Jar Jar Binks as one of the most despised characters in film history. Yeah, I never got that though. I, I like Jar Jar Binks, but I was a kid when that came out. Well, I think chilling, that's you know? the thing. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like we were kids, and so everybody, we all were like, this is great. This is obviously the character we, the kids, are supposed to like. Mm-hmm. And adults were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. I have- I watch as an adult. I almost find him offensive, but I get what you're, I get. What you're, I don't know who he's supposed to be like. Who's supposed to be offended by it? But he's just an offensive character. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you guess, yeah. that's actually worse. If you guess who's supposed to be offended by it, that's yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. If you're really hitting like all like the racism beats right there. That's pretty efficient bigotry. Yeah, he's one of those characters for sure. For sure. Me, Natalie Portman, and George Lucas's kids, we were at Wembley Arena at Michael Jackson's concert. We were taken backstage, and we met Michael. There was Michael and Lisa Marie Presley. 
George introduced me as Jar Jar, and I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael was like, oh, okay. I thought, what is going on? After Michael had driven off, we all go back up to the big after party. I'm having a drink with George, and I said, why did you introduce me as Jar Jar? He said, well, Michael wanted to do the part, but he wanted to do it in prosthetics and makeup like Thriller. George wanted to do it in CGI. My guess is ultimately Michael Jackson would have been bigger than the movie, and I don't think he wanted that. Well, it's funny you say that because this is another – I have a lot of Star Wars prequel casting facts for some reason, but uh, Tupac auditioned to play Mace Windu. Oh, man, that would have been crazy. Tupac was dead in 96. Yeah, but they would have been spending the year running up to it doing the casting. Yeah, it says pre-production started at least by 94, so... Oh, so did he get the job, and then he died? I think he read for it, definitely. I mean, because you also got to remember, like, he fucking killed it in Juice. Like, Tupac was, like, very respected as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great actor. I I like all his movies. Like, all his movies were great. I mean, it's basically what Will Smith ended up doing, and he needed Tupac to die to do that. Did you see the, like, they they claim to have finally solved Pac's murder? Well, I mean, dude, the key dude was on Vlad TV for a decade admitting to it. It was about time <laughs> to fucking solve that shit. Yeah, I mean, one day the FBI will release some piece of paper that will have some black lines on it, and it'll say how they, they went about it. I'm sure they're the ones who funded it. <laughs> Even if Keefe D was in the car when he got popped, like, I don't know. Who cares? That stuff is just old news anyways. There's a million documentaries about... I remember growing up watching all these Biggie and Tupac documentaries. I don't ever want to see another one of those ever again. You know you know about Nas trying to solve the JFK assassination? Nah, I never heard of it. Uh, wouldn't that be cool, like a Nas song? You know, the one where he did it from the perspective of the gun? Yeah, uh, if, oh, yes. if he was Lee Harvey Oswald. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and he's like the magic bullet. Like I take a left and then a right and then another left. Like that Kendrick part <laughs> in that song. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't know if you know this, but Drew wrote a book about golf. Now, golf is a lot uh, more of a family sport to play. Have you ever mm-hmm. considered doing that instead of getting punched in the face? Well, it's more about punching in the face and getting punched in the face. You're supposed to hit and not get hit. But with the golf thing, um, I played golf before. I don't really have a very natural swing, but um, I like putting. I'm pretty good at putting. I usually win contests when people challenge me. But uh, as far as on the actual green, I don't know. It seems fun. I want to get more into it, honestly. I like doing everything, man. I don't really like limiting myself. Like Just the golf thing, I just uh, it's not like a bunch of my friends really golf like that. But I got to start getting more into it. Honestly, golf is like super easy to learn as long as you like have someone teaching you. Like it can be like a, you know, you can pay like 50 bucks for uh every other week for a couple of months for lessons or just have a friend who knows it take you out. Um yeah. But like yeah, it's like super intuitive once you figure out sort of the body language, which I'm sure is the same way with boxing where it's like you got to get these fundamentals down. And it's also a lot of footwork, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that is important. Golf? Just, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
I feel like that translates to, like to most sports. Like, okay, baseball, golf, tennis, hockey, Bas- basketball. Bar- yeah, basketball. When you're shooting, when you're dribbling, it's kind of more free form. But um, even then, there's footwork to it too, and like specific ways you got to move your feet. But yeah, as far as keeping your frame and rotating your shoulders properly, there's so many sports that translates to football, throwing the ball. Like, yeah, like there's a million things like, you know, like a lot of sports really do translate to each other. That's why when you're a good athlete, it kind of just translates to a lot of different, like different games. And that's why, because I'm a bad athlete, I suck at all fucking sports. But golf is the only thing you play? Uh, no, I play basketball. Um, and I used to play soccer. I, I used to be really good at soccer actually, but, uh, yeah, I mean like golf is my main thing. Um. But I'm not even that good at golf. It's more just like being out on a golf course, like taking in the vibes is really nice. Um, and like, I don't know, golf is also like a pretty funny sport to be into. Um, and I think it's getting cooler now. Like, I don't know, over the summer, I played in a golf tournament that was put on by 300 Entertainment and my team beat Ja Rule's team. and like i don't know i mean like drake did the nocta golf thing um like i don't know how much drake actually golfs but he definitely like it seems like part of the greater ovo as according to drake lifestyle involves like at least being open to going to top golf fair enough fair enough yeah i see it yeah, it is a cool That's thing. Cool. I like it. And they say that business deals go down on the golf course, right? Yeah, yeah. The place I play golf, it's like a lot of blue collar guys, but like I I have I have a contractor for everything. If like something in my house gets <laughs> fucked up, I've met a contractor on the golf course that I can hit up and be like, "Yo, can you fix this hole in my wall?" There you go. Jimmy like a little bit before uh, we started recording, we were talking about the NBA and like the end season tournament and shit. And uh, we were wondering if you had like a specific moment uh, from the season this year um, that sort of like defines the vibe of your team, which I presume is uh, Toronto, but I don't want to, you know, Honestly, no, this year I'm not I, – I wouldn't really say I have a team. Like, obviously I like the Raptors, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd I say my, my favorite moment of the NBA this year was um, Wemby scoring 38. He's very exciting to watch, man. I, I, I like the kid, man. His rookie season has been fun to watch. He's had his ups and downs, but I think he's going to be really special, to be honest. I definitely have my doubts, but he's proved me wrong already. Yeah, no, he's so fucking good. I just mm-hmm. – hope that lebron doesn't step on his foot well you said wemby's had some ups and downs one of his downs was yesterday against the toronto raptors when he got shut down by og ananobi and scotty barnes put on a clinic mm-hmm. so <laughs> wemby take a seat all right scotty barnes's yeah. league until further notice he's still a rookie right uh, yeah he's still a rookie shout out to scotty scotty's been playing really good scotty's been taking over games for sure i like watching scotty he's good it's not that i don't like our team i'm just I'm not too heavily invested in the NBA at all right now. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> Why not? What's it going to take? Another in-season tournament? 
Do they have to put an in? <laughs> they have to put an in in season tournament? Nah, it's not the in season tournament. When it gets closer to playoff times, then I'll start to lock, lock in with the Raptors, kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. It's a long season, man. You, you can't get too emotionally invested, or else you, there's so much ups and downs. I know we're gonna have our ups, so we're gonna have our downs. It's cool. I'm cool with it. I yeah. I mean I'm a Sixers fan and we got nothing but ups. Uh we had a big lot of drama in the off season, but that trade just, was like, terrible. That that Harden trade was terrible. That was a terrible trade. That Harden trade was funny as hell, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this doesn't this doesn't work for anybody really. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah, I exactly. It was just a terrible trade. It was bad for everyone. Yeah, like, just like aesthetically. Yeah, at least get Reggie Jackson, like Reggie Jackson, or like someone. They should have got someone back. Like you know, they have um that other kid too, Bones. They could have got Bones Highland. They didn't get anything in return, and they just gave away James Harden and PJ Tucker. I mean, like, sometimes what? giving away James Harden is like gaining two new players. You know, well, I, I know <laughs> PJ Tucker was sitting there like, "What the fuck did I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I will say it was addition by subtraction. Because by trading them, they Nick Nurse got to reach into the like back of the bench and pull out Furkan Korkmaz, the greatest Turkish basketball player in the world, uh, who wasn't in our rotation, but now he is uh, in a recent game against the Raptors. Uh, out of nowhere. He fucking steals the ball. Nick Nurse's new rule, if you steal the ball, you get to dribble it down the court. You don't have to give it to Harden because he's not here. Uh, <laughs> he takes it down the court, uh, does a two-man game thing with Embiid where he like flips the ball off to him. Embiid draws the defender. Ferk, uh, we call him Ferk. Ferk like, runs under the basket, gets the ball from Embiid, and like does like a falling side hand layup with the and one. And Ferk has been like a meme because he's asked to be traded like multiple times a season for the past three years because they never play him. And the entire uh, the entire arena was like on its fucking feet for the triumph of Ferk. So Ferk is your like the best part of your sixer season so far? Uh, yeah, the fact that Ferk gets to play is my favorite part. There you go. Yeah, Slava, what's your favorite part? Oh, I just said Scotty Barnes being the best player of the season yesterday. Because okay. <laughs> he took down Wem- Wem- Victor Wembayama. Uh, shout out to the friend of the pod, uh, Mano, but he tweeted that he needs to hear E40 say Victor Wembayama. And that's all I've been able to think about <laughs> <laughs> this whole time. Like, what would that sound like? Where would the inflection be? You know? Oh my god. He yeah, would have just, so yeah, much yeah. fun. It's gonna have twice as many syllables as it needs to have. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Trey, what about you? What's your favorite part of the, the NBA season as a Washington Wizards fan? Um honestly, just the unseriousness of it all. <laughs> you, you you had Jordan Poole throw up a three the other night and then turn around to the crowd, like, are you not entertained? And they weren't that entertained because it bounced right off the rim. <laughs> um yeah, Jordan Poole throwing the like off the backboard uh alley oop to Kyle Kuzma when they're twenty points down against Atlanta. Like it, it this is gonna be the funniest team I've ever seen in my life. 
I like it, though. I like it more than what they were doing last year. Yeah, they're just going to have fun and go out there. Like, Jordan Poole's just going to go and definitely demand a trade over the summer and get it. And then we'll just keep bringing people in. It'll be one of those rebuilds that takes 17 years. But let me tell you, man. Shit, I hope not. I hope you guys just lose enough games that you guys can get a good draft pick and just build around that foolishness that they have. Because like you said, it's fun. It's, they just got to just start winning after a while. A season or two of this will be really fun to watch, so there'll be a lot of highlights. Because there's going to be games where Jordan Poole could go off for 50 points playing just the way he's playing. 50 zero points, assists. Zero assists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Wizards, the, the Wizards lose that game like 160 to 52. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that that'll be whatever. That'll be the the highlight of the season, man. Jordan Poole scored fifty two. Yeah, this yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be like the sports story of the year, but for like all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I can't wait to see like yeah. Uh, I don't know the last time y'all lived in the city with a poor sports team, but the stuff people do to get you in the stadium, like the <laughs> hey, yeah, we'll give you two free Chipotle burritos. Just show up. Tickets to seven bucks. And it's like, all right, man, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Man, we used to have something in Toronto called the Sprite Zone. Jimmy, do you remember the Sprite Zone? Yeah, yeah. $15 tickets. $15 tickets to the Raptors game, but you sit in like the nosebleeds. At one point, they were giving away free tickets with every order of a pizza, pizza, pizza. What? Uh, The the name of the store is called Pizza, Pizza. I didn't say the word pizza three times. No, I, I figured that. Um, did you get free Sprite in the Sprite zone? No. That's, <laughs> That's bullshit. I think sometimes they'll give you like little Sprite towels. You get a little Sprite towel. Yeah, you got right. uh, Okay, you, you're getting something. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait for that because like we didn't make the playoffs last year, but tickets still cost like 500 bucks. I think for the Raptors and the Leafs, uh, now that the Raptors won a championship, like the tickets will never be cheap again, especially with the population and the way it is. And then the Leafs tickets are just ridiculous. We should get a second team at this point, Toronto, because it's like the other day, what, Matthews got the hat trick and everyone was just quiet as hell. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know much about hockey, but that doesn't seem like how people should react to a hat trick. No, because we're just objectively still bad and we have like no defense. And this has been the case for like X amount of years. And our best player is the guy we actually developed and all the guys we paid for kind of suck. So, yeah, I don't know. The Leafs suck. But like you said, the tickets are still going to be insanely expensive because there's still the Leafs. And that's the story of Toronto is like once you get good once, you can just charge people that amount of money forever. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, is it also like a thing where like kind of back to the like cosmopolitan vibe of Toronto or whatever, where it's like it's both the New York and the Hollywood, like the financial and the entertainment hub of the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You do gotta kind of get like a, a weird crowd. But I, I would say for the hockey games, there's really more executives. I don't think it's necessarily like the Hollywood crowd, I guess, in the way it's more like the financial crowd, like, you know, all the suits that are there. Mm. Which we don't get a lot of that in DC, so that's why courtside tickets to Wizards games cost forty bucks. What? No, I'm joking. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how there's no courtside for Wizards games. That's all like White House people. Like I want to see Kamala front row. You know? Nah, I'm yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm very glad it's not that way, actually. <laughs> and Joe Biden sitting in front row. If someone goes dive for the ball, it's, it's, uh, he's, oh, he's uh, yeah. He's, he's more dead than he already is. Well. Take out the person who's diving, one or the other. It's a make or break moment, do or die. John Fetterman sitting, of course, I'd be funny as shit, though. Oh, imagine sitting behind John Fetterman? I'd be so mad. <laughs> Jimmy. You have a podcast now. We have a podcast now. What kind of tips can you give us as an expert that could help us up our game? No, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Um, my uh, my co-host TJ is more of the expert when it comes to podcasting specifically. He kind of teaches me more so what I know about podcasting specifically. And like, he helps me with all, all the podcast side of things, but just as far as life and, you know, pursuing endeavors goes, I would just say, man, just I'm, I'm here with you guys, man. We'll grow together. I'll keep growing. You guys keep growing. You know what I'm saying? I'll see you guys at the top. You know, you got to be ready for the grind. Really nothing happens overnight, but it's all right. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. RXK nephew, uh, puts out like 10 songs a day. And like he's on the way up to the top. That's the trick. Got to flood the zone. How did you come up with the name Northern Ruckus? Um, I just wanted it to be something like you know, kind of to to kind of tip my hat towards just being Canadian and shit like that. You know, I'm trying to represent you know Canada and whatnot. Um, yeah, the Ruckus part came from my boy. He used to always be like um, the Uncle Ruckus of our crew. Like if you watch Boondocks, oh, kind of, oh. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a hell of an allegation to try to beat. No, I'm telling you, he's really <laughs> like that. Like, but it works though because it's like we argue a lot, and I feel like having disagreements it helps for a podcast. You know, like we don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit, but that's why it's kind of perfect. You know, because we get to argue all the time on the podcast. Like, what do you guys disagree on? Well, like definitely most racial issues. Like he thinks like. um He's very conservative when it comes to black issues, but it's funny because it's like obviously me and him are both black, right? But it's just like I'll say some shit like, "Oh, it's because of racism," and he'll be like, "No, it's because like they're lazy niggas and shit." <laughs> and like, like, they pull their pants up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So it's just like, all right, man. Like we're gonna get back into this age old debate again. Like you know, we go at it, but um, yeah, it's mostly shit like that. And like, yeah, man. For the most part, he's just like. There's times where we see eye to eye, obviously, like, I'm not an idiot, but, like, yeah, there's a lot of times where it's just, like, you're a funny guy. You always take this funny stance. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really just shit like that, like, you know? And, like, he'll 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 call me, like, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll call me all sorts of names and shit and just, if he sees, some, like, like, some stupid shit that's, like, clearly racist, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy's going to say it's because of the color of their skin. And it's just, like, what, what, what do you think it is, bro? Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> He's just a funny guy. He likes to egg me on, but yeah, it works. Does he pull out like the old school racism sometimes? And it's like, well, when, when are we still using that slur, dude? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? My favorite word that he calls you when he tries to put you down? Slava, no. Socialist. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, because uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy has progressive politics and uh, what people say to people. Oh yeah, what's, they call them a communist again? socialist, a socialist, yeah, a communist. Socialist. Yeah, fuck off with that shit, man. I don't know why he calls me that shit, man. I hate that type of shit. 
Dude, even like, bro, I don't even, don't even call me like liberal or conservative or no shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm balanced. I like to just be balanced with everything. You know what I mean? Fair and stuff, you know? I mean, I, I think I'm probably a communist, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm probably closer to that than I am a lot of other things. I'm not going to lie. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm like, like I said, I'm balanced. I see the good good stuff about that type of stuff. I see the bad stuff with it. I definitely see the good stuff and bad stuff with our shit, you know. I think a capitalist society is fucked for sure. When these guys were asking me how I think the government should work, they, Slava and TJ were sitting there calling me a socialist. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, Slava. Oh, Slava. Slava, weren't you calling me a socialist? You were. Yeah, for sure. But why would you have to bring that up right now? No, no CIA asset, Slava. <laughs> uh, no, listen, I mean, the, the, you guys have to remember that Canada is a different country, and we've had a lot of the socialist things that you want in your country. And guess what? Just because if you get free health care, that's not going to solve all of your problems. But I do love free health care, bro. When you, when you go to give, like, when your girl has a baby and shit like that, you go home. And you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and it's like, okay, I have a baby. Imagine you're in America, your girl has a kid, you wake up the next day and there's a $30,000 bill. That's crazy, bro. How you feel? Yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky, 30 More grand if you're lucky. Up, if you're lucky, come on now. That sounds super unlucky. 30000 How do you come up with the you money? You could be super unluckier is what I'm saying. How do you come up with the money for that? Like how, that, that would ruin your life. You would never financially recover from that. Yeah, I mean... That's like, that's like super real. Like that I think is a big reason why a lot of like people our age, I mean that like I know, like, you know, I feel like I know way fewer people who have kids than like my parents did when they were my age. Yeah, it's like friends of mine will be having babies now and I'm just like, damn man, young as hell, how are they going to do it? And it's like, yo, you're definitely older than your dad was when he had you shut up for <laughs> And it's like, ah, that's, okay. Or like, in America, having a kid is like a flex. Like, you are (laughs) buying, like, you are buying, like, multiple chains by having a kid. It's like, you just spent a turbocharged Mustang on bringing a new life into the world, you know? Right. Like, it's, yeah. On top of all the stupid shit you're going to buy for the kid. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you're going to spend at least an Aston Martin on this kid by the time he's 18. Yeah, you but know? no, I mean, seriously, though, what about, like, if you guys, like, break your fucking leg or some shit like that? That's out of your control. I'll walk it off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, call, call an Uber instead of an ambulance. Yeah, take me to Mount Sinai. And for shit like that, this guy's calling me a socialist. It's like, buddy, you shouldn't have to pay to see a doctor. Wouldn't you rather have free health care, bro? Do you fall for that trick? Like, you feel like you guys have it better over there health wise no, I would love Absolutely for you not. No. <laughs> like, like I fucked my knee up a year, like last February playing golf. And like, because I couldn't afford to see a doctor, it took a year for it to heal. But I could have like gotten like a fucking MRI. They could have been like, all right, you need to do this. Here are your exercises. Here's some like shots. Probably had crazy limp. No. Oh, like when I play basketball, if I land, if I jump and land on the wrong angle, my knee like 
buckles and I see my life flash before my eyes. No, I need to have like a knife in my forehead to be like, okay, maybe I should go see the doctor (laughs) about this. Yeah. When I had COVID, uh, I did a telehealth thing and like, I mean, telehealth is such like a fucking scam. It's like you pay them a hundred bucks and basically it's someone they're like, you have to show me the positive COVID test. And then once you do that, I prescribe you, uh, the medicine stuff, not ivermectin or that's like the fake one, but the good medicine. Okay. Slava's right. Uh, (laughs) you don't have to be, you don't have to be prescribed ivermectin. You can get it at like Costco. You get that shit at like PetSmart. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying taxes are really expensive here. Stuff's really expensive in Canada. Taxes so, are expensive here too. We don't get dog shit for it. They're way worse here. They're way worse here. We uh, pay between. I, yeah, yeah but taxes over there go straight to war, man. Straight to war crimes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this on an earlier episode, but um, I a few years ago, uh, my old roommate had gotten a pit bull. And he had just, or she had just like, the pit bull had just like gone up to my friend who was over and licked him in the face. And so I put my face up to this pit bull's face and was like, oh, hey, sweetie, how you doing? And she freaks out and bites me in the lip. And that's some white I, people. Why would you put your face in the dog's face? That's some white people shit. <laughs> listen. Because you want to kiss the dog. Yeah, I wanted to kiss the dog. And, uh, <laughs> Listen, that's the kind of mistake that you only make once. Um, I know you kiss Nora. I do, but that's because she's a tiny Pomeranian and she's not going to fuck me up. Um, (laughs) But after this happens, I call my cousin because my cousin uh, is an ER doctor and she lived like one town over from me at the time. And she was just like, all right, whatever you do, don't go to the hospital you will have to wait all night and it'll be like a thousand dollars to get stitches. Mm-hmm. And so she hooked me up with a friend of hers who lived like a couple miles from me. And so like my roommate drove me to my doctor cousin's friend's apartment. This was also a doctor. And she just stitched me up in her fucking bathroom for a six pack of beer. Yeah, that's cool. But see, that's kind of fucked up. Is that the kind of country you guys want to live in? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) I absolutely do not want to live in that country. That's how they they act like communism is that. That sounds like some Russian shit. Yeah, she gave me vodka. I I stitch her up quick. Yeah, like, come on, man. (laughs) Couldn't go to the doctor. Like, come on, man. That's crazy. I don't know. Like, the Grand Theft Audio video games have better health care than America. On the Grand Theft Auto healthcare system is better than anywhere in the world. You die and come back to life. It's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, you get hit in the chest with a tank show, and the next thing you know, it's like, yo, your, your shirt wasn't even ruined when you get out there. Give me a thousand dollars. Yeah, give us your guns and go, get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, Jimmy, you actually toured Russia. I forgot about this until you started doing your accent. Yeah, yeah, I've been out there. I've been out there. They love their their vodka and shit for real. That's the only. Uh, well, I mean, there's a few stereotypes we have correct, obviously, but it's super regular out there, man. 
You just can't talk shit about the government. See how we're sitting here around right now, joking around about the government? You can't do that type of shit in Russia. Okay, cool, whatever. I'll live with that. Did you tour music in China too? Uh, in China, I was just in um, Shanghai. I was just in Shanghai. I never went around too much, but I seen the city. Like I walked around, hung out, went to club and shit like that. You know. But you performed in Russia, right? Yeah, I performed in both of them. I performed in Shanghai and in um, Moscow. Oh shit! How was did it? Did you have did you have openers who like had come with you, or did you have like local openers? Um, just local openers. Local openers. Yeah. What were they like? I'm really interested in this. In Shanghai, it was a little all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I would say about the scene over there in general. Like, there was, like, tourists from all over the place, which I was surprised by. Um, and, like, like you're all the way over in China. So you see, you're seeing people from, like, Africa and Australia and Europe and obviously Canada and America and South America and stuff, right? And it's, like, just a, like, it's a surprisingly mixed crowd in China because mm-hmm. it's, like, Shanghai is one of the main cities. Um, but, uh, in Moscow, man, it was super cool, man. They had like their own culture. They have like their own music, their own rap scene. Like the guys who brought me out there were like throwing these big ass parties. Like that crowd was super ready for me when I went up. Like it was like, it was crazy. That was my best show ever, honestly. Cause it was like the whole room was so full of life. All I had to do was just, just go out there and float really, you know? Wow. Mm hmm. Yeah, I almost wanted to crowd surf, but I'm not that type of guy, you know? But yeah, it was, it was definitely super turned up, and the place was as full as it could be. And yeah, I remember there was like this huge, giant, like jacked up, like Russian security guard escorted me everywhere. And like, yeah, like there's a lot of typical Russian shit like that. Like all the girls look like ballerinas and shit like that. And the guys all look like ogres. And you're like, how do you come from this? <laughs> makes sense like you know like you'll see like a little skinny little perfect looking girl and she's like here's my brother ivan and like he's like a big giant ogre you're like how does that work like how the fuck (laughs) you had the same parents like you know but that's just how it is over there um slava do you want to defend russia or I mean, listen, here's what I'll say is ogres and ballerinas make for beautiful kids. And here's my proof. Okay. If you look at, go find any celebrities that went on to like hook up and have kids. Those kids are never more attractive than either of their parents. I I, I feel like if I think about this for like exactly 35 seconds, I'll have examples. Speaking of this, like, did you guys see that Michael Jordan's son is apparently dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? Oh, Larsa Pippen, yeah, she's a menace. She's a menace? Oh, yeah, she was one of the original, like, housewives of Miami or whatever the hell. What? <clears throat> yeah, and uh, th- th- she's alleged to have caused a bunch of mayhem in Scottie Pippen's life. This is just the latest chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she was a parent. Yeah, she fucked Future, allegedly. Uh, yeah, like, the, the Gucci flip-flops line. <laughs> there was some line that was allegedly about her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then uh, now she's dating Michael Jordan's son, and wow. yeah, they wanted. Engaged. Yeah, they wanted to to be the best man at the wedding, which I think even for Michael Jordan and his antics, that's a bridge too far. But yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, my God, yeah, that's one of those weird ones. A lot of that Hollywood stuff is super weird. I don't really pay too much attention to that. It's a weird couple for sure. Probably cocaine is, or something. Is like, 
is like the Toronto like celebrity scene. Is it like super polite? Is just like everyone really nice to each other all the time? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really a part of any scene like that. When I used to go out and about and I used to see people, no, I wouldn't say everyone's polite. People are nice in general. Like it's just like how Canadians are. Like Canadians are nice when put on the spot. But uh, people aren't like super friendly to each other. Like, you know, we're polite, but we're not really super friendly. Mm. Yeah, like Canadians are nice to Americans when they mm. come visit so that we can be like, yeah, we are going to set a good memory. But like in that spirit, <laughs> Sean Mendez, um, who lives in Toronto, when Ed Sheeran was in town, Sean Mendez took him out to like Dundas West Fest, which is like a little street festival. So maybe you're right. Maybe that is how we get down. We're a very polite celebrity culture, but we don't have like TMZ cameras running around, right? Yeah, so I'm saying like we don't have like a bunch of guys who are clicking up and going out and making sure they get caught by the paparazzi and shit. It's not really the the lifestyle here. Mm-hmm. Also, as I was asking this, or as I was bringing this up, I remembered that like when Justin Bieber was like at the height of his fame, he was like the most impolite person who has ever lived. Like he peed in a bucket while yelling, fuck Bill Clinton. He, I mean, yeah, he, 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 he was right for doing that. I mean, true. Very <laughs> impolite though, for whoever's bucket that is like, whoever's got to deal with that bucket. Well, you saw that um, this on eBay. Job awesome. <laughs> um, he bought a monkey and then abandoned it in Germany. Um, oh, do you remember when he egged that guy's house with a buddy of his and they were like, we didn't do it, but the buddy's name was like Young Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It was in like Calabasas. Yeah. Didn't he end up blaming Little Twist for a lot of that stuff? And then Little Twist went on to say that that wasn't true and that they were just like yeah. using him as a scapegoat. Yes. I used to, well, he used to be my neighbor. I used Little Twist as a scapegoat too. <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, sorry, Bieber, trade. Yeah, BB used to be my neighbor in Williamsburg. What back the? I, yeah, back when I lived on South Eighth, there was a uh, there was like this huge new apartment place, like a couple blocks down, and like him and Haley Bieber had a place in there. And like, yeah, you would you would be like walking to the office and stuff, and like past twelve chairs, and like just do a quick little scan, like oh, it looks busy. And then actually accidentally like make eye contact with fucking like Bella Hadid and Haley Bieber, <laughs> who would just like oh casually have a lunch and it's like, oh god, I just want to go kill myself. <laughs> hey, you guys, want, I, I, I battled uh, I battled Justin Bieber in a dance battle one time, man. No cap. What? <laughs> <laughs> I beat him too. I kicked his ass. I think he was off <laughs> like that. He was dancing like shit. But uh, we were at like a Drake party. It was. It, I could talk about it because I'm, I'm cool. We, we didn't sign no NDAs or no shit like that. But yeah, I was at a Drake party and Justin Bieber was there and the music was going and everyone was on the dance floor. He challenged me to a dance battle. So I had to serve him one what? time. Yeah. What were his moves and what were your moves? I can't recall, but I know I, know I went crazy. Also, like, Toronto's just like, this is how y'all get down, just like random dance battles or like were you like hitting were you hitting some shit real hard yeah he was, like, he was like i gotta put him in this place yeah. yeah he was trying to like one up me then i went and i hit it harder than him you know and he was like he was he was he was, he was drunk or something he his his shit was <laughs> <laughs> 
So he challenged you to step up. Yeah. And you instead stepped up to the streets. Well, I don't know about all that. It wasn't, I wasn't threatening him no <laughs> shit like that. It was strictly on an artistic and dancing. <laughs> oh, no. I was just making a joke. Uh, like the sequel to the dance battle movie, Step Up, is called Step Up to the Streets. Oh, okay. 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, I mean, what what was the aftermath? Did like Justin Bieber just walk away with this tail between his legs, or was he like, "No, no, I'm killing it"? And everybody else was like, "No, you're not, dude." Security got involved. No cap, I think. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, "You have to stop dancing. If you keep dancing better than him, he's gonna hurt himself trying to best you." They're like, "Stop it, stop it." You know, look at him. Come on, it's over. Do you have anything to say to Justin Bieber now? Nah, man. Just what up, G? Man, it's good. To, it's good to see he's in a better place now, man. He's, he's living life good right now. You know, it's good. It's good to see him good. That's how you know you won. Because look how gracious you are. It's all good, man. I, I like to show love to everybody. It's just a funny story. Whenever I tell that to people, they're like, "Nah, no way." I'm like, "It really happened." <laughs> My friends were all there. They were all in a circle. It was funny. <laughs> what kind of music were you guys dancing to? It'd be so good if it was one of his songs. I think it was some Atlanta music or something. I can't remember. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, I was thinking, though, man, we were talking about Jar Jar Binks, and just earlier I was talking with someone about how the Simpsons canceled Apu, like, all together, man. What do you guys think is, like, the most offensive characters you've ever seen? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you mean in, like, modern history or just in general? Because we could, like, hit some deep cuts. Just in general, just in general. Um, probably make, probably Rooney and goddamn uh, Beckers at Tiffany's when he was playing the Asian dude that he really should not have been playing. That was pretty <laughs> racist. Yeah. Um, the always sunny blackface ones, but those are also like really funny. Yeah. 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 Same with Tropic Thunder. I like Tropic Thunder. You didn't like that? No, I loved it, man. Yeah. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when people do blackface, it has to be like that. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 100%. yeah. Because if it's just like some fucking, it, it's hard. You gotta be. What's his name that acted in that? Um, uh, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Robert Downey Jr. He's a good actor to pull that off. You gotta be that level of talent to pull that type of shit off, you know. And it's also like the whole thing is about you showing how ridiculous blackface is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't just be like, oh, you know, this is a. Come see Thurgood Marshall played by Tom Cruise. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it can't be that. Tom Cruise spent some time like get getting to know the culture, but I just feel like he's so far detached. Like you know, some of the shit that Robert Downey Jr. was saying in that movie was hilarious. It's like that's some real nigga shit, but it's just really. I think The Godfather contains some pretty harmful anti-Italian <laughs> stereotypes. <laughs> Um, I think the I think the Irishman contains some pretty harmful anti-Irish stereotypes. Yeah, Jaws Ooh. is a little anti-shark for me. Yep, yep. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Brad Pitt and the Mexican? <laughs> hey, speaking oh, of he, Brad Pitt, you seen that scene in Joe Black where Brad Pitt has a Jamaican accent? Oh my god! What? Yes, it's yeah, amazing. that was racist as so. <laughs> It, 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 it was fucking Chet Hanks before, yeah. I don't know if it was racist, but it was in poor taste, that's for sure, because his accent was not good. 
Can you imagine being an old Caribbean woman and this white dude just in the hospital talking to you like that? Man, you probably think you're dead. Yeah. Well, he says he's the devil. That's the whole conceit of the scene, is he's the devil. That's exactly what the devil would sound like. What? Like, he would be a white guy doing patois. You know what's, like, a really minor thing that's always stuck out to me is, like, what the fuck? Why did they think that was a good idea? Mm. How Quentin Tarantino says the N-word in Pulp Fiction. Mm. And he sure, every, wrote every the script. Every chance he gets. Every yeah, he wants yeah. <laughs> he had like, it on his chest. He, he had to get it off. Yeah, he's like always writing movies where a character, where a white character says the N word, and he's like, "Ooh, I pick myself to play this character." Doesn't someone say it in like Inglorious Bastards and not a black person in the whole goddamn movie? Like, <laughs> there, I know there was a role where someone had to like lick someone's feet, and he gave it to himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guy, but I, but I love his movies. He makes a great movie. That guy, but yeah, he's for sure a sicko. <laughs> you know where he's living now where tel aviv what yeah why why do i know that no i mean like why is he doing that that's where his wife lives okay all right um okay this is an interesting i really don't know what to do with this information now um <laughs> How many pages are in the Bible? That, I mean, it depends. That, that is a good question, yeah. I feel like it's 562. That's absolutely not true. Yeah. 562, it is. What are you talking Maybe about? No. Don't, Trey, don't do that. Trey, nobody told you to look something up. Just It's 562 pages. <laughs> Trey just looked it up, and now he's not in confirmation. Anyway, this has been another episode of Nursey. Thank you, everybody. Oh, yeah, dude, you're way off. <laughs> yeah, you're like a thousand off, you yeah. fucking yeah. Like exactly a thousand. Hmm. Unless, unless your Bible is fucking Harry Potter, but like, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this has been another episode of Nerzy. Uh, Slav is looking at his phone, so that means I get to sign How off. How is it uh, about twenty five hundred pages? Because it depends because on the printing. The font is, is different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, will be different. The size and of like, the book. Every translation is different. They have teen Bibles, children's Bibles. Uh, they got Bibles with big text. Slava, absolutely not. You think you think you know things, but in fact, you know no things. Um, this is Slava P. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, when are we get in blue Mercedes, uh, it'll come. It'll come for sure. It'll come eventually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Do you need help finishing it, we can help. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It'll come when it's time. Okay. Are we going to get it before a Sixers title? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get it before a Sixers title for sure. Okay. All right. If the Sixers make it past the second round, I'm going to like hit you every single day, being like, <laughs> "You got to get in the studio, man." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Hold me to it, man. Hold me to it. Blue Mercedes right. Sixers title. Where can people find you, Jimmy? Like, where can people find you? Um, Jimmy from the Six on pretty much everything. Um, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, all that stuff. And then just um, look up Jimmy Prime if you want to find my music, like on iTunes, Spotify, all that type of stuff. You know, YouTube, all that stuff. Just look up Jimmy Prime. 
I've been Drew. I've been Trey. And it's uh, Slava P. Um, our engineer is Steel Tip Dove. And Jimmy Prime, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Started. That's when the streets start talking. That's when the freaks come out.